I hadn't done anything to anyone, right. you know, like everyone was still in college doing their thing. And I was still considered like, you know, just this kid who had big dreams that wasn't going to college and, and no one really believed that I could do it. Welcome to Start Yours, a podcast by Obolo about what it's like to start your own thing, whether that means a side hustle or an e-commerce store, a blog, an Instagram account, whatever you are doing, we have got you covered. I'm Alicia McCormack and I'm new to the Obolo team, so I wanted to jump back into the back catalogue and find some of our favourite episodes of Start Yours so far and share them with you every Thursday. And I thought it would be great to kick off with an early episode where my lovely co-host David interviewed Ryan Carroll, who a few years ago was unemployed and living at home, which is not ideal for an ambitious 20-year-old. But after a few fails, including, as you'll hear in the interview, an Amazon refund fiasco, Ryan stumbled across dropshipping, the first step towards launching a swimwear store that generated over $300,000 in revenue. In this episode, Ryan talks with us about his dropshipping journey, including where he found the courage to ignore conventional wisdom and make the very bold move of ignoring what he was hearing from his family, all of the advice and opinions, and instead choose entrepreneurship over college. I know you're going to enjoy this episode as much as I did. And if you have a suggestion, a theme, or a topic that you'd like us to cover in future episodes of Start Yours, we would love to hear from you. You can send us an email, podcast at obelo.com leave us a voice message there we would love to listen and get back to you and hopefully feature your suggestion or voice message on the show don't miss out on future episodes of the show all you need to do is hit subscribe wherever you get your podcast to listen to new episodes every tuesday and bonus episodes every thursday now let's head to david's interview with ryan carroll so let's go back uh, a few years to when you graduated high school yep. uh, you were getting some pressure to go to college that's kind of what your family uh, envisioned you doing, which is a pretty standard situation, I think, for a lot of, uh, a lot of high school kids in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, you, however, weren't real eager to go. Uh, so, so take us back to, to that period. Um, tell us what you were hearing from mom and dad and, and then what you were thinking yourself as yeah. this uh, advice was coming in. Yeah, that was, that was a, I mean, in hindsight, a really great time. But during that time, it was a really, really hard time. And what I mean by that, like in that situation, you know, growing up through school, everyone kind of like just tells you to do the same thing, right? It's like go to college. Like everyone has this kind of same route that they're going towards. It's what you do, right? Yeah. And it's like, I feel like people are very unaware and they kind of follow the crowd. Like, you know, they're almost like sheep in a way and not in a mean way, but people just follow what everyone else is doing. And during that time, I was like, I was really thinking about my life, where I wanted to go. And I always had big dreams of making money, traveling the world, kind of living my own life on my own terms. And at that point, I was really bad at school also. So I was like, <laughs> college, like I already knew like it was just going to be such a struggle. Like I'm just not good with like sitting in class and like book smart. I'm very like street smart out and about and like sales and stuff like that. So yeah, man, during that time, um, all of my family after I graduated was just like hounding on it, like at least go to community college and, and blah, blah, blah. And I remember that summer after I graduated, I never signed up. And um, I mean, it was tough. Like I got hounded on and I remember Thanksgiving like that later, later that year, Mm -hmm. I still, you know, I wasn't really doing anything at this point and I was trying to kind of get a job and 
And uh, what was the answer when, when the aunts and uncles asked what you were doing? Did yeah, you have, that's did you the have thing. Because a... like I was with other family, right? And they're like, oh, so-and-so's like going to this college and they're going to that <laughs> college. And like right away when they say that, right, it like makes it like justifiable. Like, oh, they're doing great. Like they're going to college here. And uh-huh. then it's like, oh, what's Ryan doing? Like, oh, he's just a bum. <laughs> you know, like yeah. he, he's just a bum. I remember my high school teacher one time told me also, he's like, if you don't go to college, you're going to work at McDonald's for the rest of your life. And uh-huh. so one of my goals eventually is to franchise a McDonald's just so that I can kind of have that. You can, you can in invite him to yeah. stop by. Exactly. Give him a gift card. Um, yeah. So hard time, but I felt like I was just very confident in myself. I had this self-belief that one day somehow I had no idea how I had no idea it would be through online businesses and e-commerce and drop shipping. But I knew that um, I would eventually reach my goals. And so I decided not to go to college. And at that time, you know, I, I did eventually get a job working at a surf shop, which was cool, um, just because I wanted to obviously, obviously start making some money and kind of figuring things out. And so started working at the surf shop, you know, still all my family was thinking that they I was weren't just, too impressed. With the surf yeah, shop. not too impressed. <laughs> you know, I was just like kind of living at my dad's house at this point in Orange County and surfing in the morning, <laughs> going to work, surfing in the afternoon. And like, it was fun. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was a, it was a good two years where I was, I was very happy um, just kind of surfing and, and working there. But at the same time, I was still very interested in business. So during that whole period of working at a surf shop, at the surf shop, I was always researching like different business ideas and just trying to figure out different ways to make money so I could have like streams of income and then eventually start trying to build my own business. Um, and that's really when I kind of learned about e-commerce. I stumbled uh, across a webinar one day, and that was kind of before like all these courses and webinars were uh-huh. all over the place. Being every day, you know, you're bombarded with someone wanting you to join their webinar. But back then, I I joined it, and it was it was this guy's name was Fred Lamb. He he became my mentor and one of my buddies nowadays, and uh, he's this really big e-commerce guy, and he was teaching people how to start drop shipping. And I remember on that. Uh, webinar, he was, he was showing how you don't really have to have that much capital because obviously all the product is you know, coming from a, you know, a vendor where you only have to buy it after someone purchases it off your website. right? So it's, it really just comes down to marketing at that point, which I knew I was really good at because I, I had an eye for like trends and things that I knew were like people wanted. And, and so it seemed like a, a fun thing, right? And this would have been like, what, 2016 or so? Yeah, I think it... No, it was actually close to the end of 2017. So I ended up joining this course and I built my, my entire store. And actually that was late 2016. I'm sorry, it wasn't 2017. So late 2016, ended up building my first dropshipping store uh, through December. I remember mm. building it and I was like following step by step. I had no idea back then, right? But I was like, I can do this. I can do this. And I remember it was New Year's Eve and I wanted to launch my store on January 1st, but specifically for like tax purposes, because I don't okay. want to like make sales in 2016 and like have it be all weird. And so what was the store? Um, th- the first store I ever built, I tried to build like a Fashion Nova type site. Like it was like a women's um, all around type store, okay. accessories and everything like that. And it's funny, like, I mean, Fashion Nova wasn't big back then, but I just knew since working at that surf shop, like I, I had seen so many girls come in and like, everything they were buying. So I kind of knew like what's, what sells and also just girls like to buy stuff, you know? And so that was kind of my main demographic was like the younger 18 to 25 year olds, like more trendy, uh, like fashion accessories and stuff like that. And so is it, is it safe to say that the, like these observations or your experience at the, at the physical retail surf shop kind of 
informed. Yeah, definitely. The, because when you work in retail, it's like you're hearing firsthand like what people want and what people need and their concerns and their desires and like just helping so many people. So in a way, it's it's kind of easy to pivot that into e-commerce, right? Because it's it's similar in a way. So you can it's like you can handle objections and everything like that. So yeah, that's what I did. I, I launched my store January 1st of 2017. And I was hoping to get sales that day, but uh-huh. I didn't. Okay. <laughs> First day, no sales. I, I think I, I don't know how much I spent on Facebook ads. And I don't even know what I was trying to market at that point. I think it was like women's necklace chokers or something like that. Um, but the second day came around and I remember my first sale came in and it was $53. And that's when I was like, all right, like it's time to like really get the ball rolling. I was like, this is, this is cool. Like, you know, I haven't done anything today. I've just been chilling at home and I just made a bunch of, I mean, bucks yeah, you know, $53. Yeah. I spent some money on Facebook ads. And so that's what I really liked. And that's when I got hooked on it. So I was like, this is very scalable, right? As long as you know what to do and how to do it, like, you can scale this to really as big as you want. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You said you got hooked on it. I want to I press you on that, on that yeah. term because I think that a lot of the, if you talk to dropshippers, which, which we get to a lot here, yeah. there is something that's kind of, it's intangible. Like the money is cool and, and, and they, it's a creative outlet to make ads and to, to kind of figure things out. There's a lot of things that um, are kind of you know, tangible about this experience. But I think there's also something where it's like an embrace of the hustle or just, just kind of thinking like, maybe there's a competition involved. Like what, when you say you're hooked, what, what exactly do you mean by that? I just, I'm very competitive and I, I also like games. Like growing up, that's like the only thing I was good at was like competing and like playing sports. And so in a way, like that allowed me to like pivot that like desire and like one, you know, wanting to win into e-commerce just being a game. And like, I still treat it like that. Like I, I treat it like a game, Facebook ads, my stores, everything. It's just putting money in and trying to get $2 out for every $1 you put in, Mm -hmm. right? So that's really why I got hooked on it. And obviously, you know, the money could be great and you can travel with your computer whenever you want. Like I was super big into traveling because I I love surfing and I I wanted to go to Bali and I wanted to just travel all these surf places. And and that's allowed me to do that through e-commerce and dropshipping. And so that's why I was was really hooked on it. And at that time, like I needed to prove myself in a way because I had quit my job at the surf shop. You know, I was still living at home and I was, I don't know, 1920 at that time. Um, I think I was 20, but still like I, I hadn't done anything to anyone, right. you know, like everyone was still in college doing their thing. And I was still considered like, you know, just this kid who had big dreams that wasn't going to college and, and no one really believed that I could do it. And so I, I, I've always used like negative energy to just propel me. And like uh-huh. a lot of people talk about that and it like, it fuels me so much, like just hearing people talk down on me in a way uh-huh. like I can't do it because like I said I'm very competitive and I want to win and so that that has always driven me in, so, a, so did in a very you, big way oh sorry did, did you um did you tell your parents about the 53 buck did they yeah okay I did I told my I told my dad I remember I was at my dad dad's house and he was like oh like that's cool and it's a funny story <laughs> like talking about e-commerce and this 53 dollars because I forgot to mention that like prior to this I actually tried Amazon um, prior to actually joining that webinar and joining the whole e-commerce course with Shopify, I had heard, heard about Amazon like earlier in 2016 and I, I decided to test it out. And so I ended up ordering like these headphones from China and got like a bulk order sent to the Amazon FBA. And I, I set up 
everything. And I remember I came home from working at that surf shop one day and I saw my Amazon sales when I got home and I was like, this is impossible. Like it was maybe 12 PM and I had made uh, four grand that day so far on uh-huh. selling these headphones. And I remember I just kept refreshing it and like seeing the numbers go up and I sold out of all my headphones by, I don't know, like four or 5 PM that day. And I made like eight grand and I was just like high on life. You know, I was like, all right, like this is crazy. Cause Amazon you just hacked the world. Yeah. Amazon <laughs> FBA is huge. Like at that point I was like, oh my God, like I'm, I'm a millionaire. Like right away I was like, I just got to order way more headphones and like source this and do everything correctly. And yeah, I was, I was high on life during that time. And I remember three days later, all of a sudden, all of these refunds start coming through because these headphones at the time, I was just very naive. They actually had a brand name on them and they were not real. Uh, okay. Cause I ordered them from China just thinking, Oh, I'm going to get these bulk, uh, you know, products from China. And I had no idea back then. Right. And so I ended up having to refund pretty much all of that money. And I got in a huge dispute with like Amazon. So I went from high on life uh, just to like down in the gutter again, right? Thinking that I was going to become a millionaire very, very soon with Amazon FBA to pretty much just getting shut down by them. That was like a big failure in e-commerce earlier on prior to actually starting Shopify. But it didn't didn't taint it completely for you? I mean, you, you you didn't give up on the whole on the whole game. No, not at all. And, and that's really why when I, I had heard about drop shipping, right? I didn't know about that back when I started Amazon. But when I heard of drop shipping, I was like, I really like that because you don't have to order the products up front. Like Amazon, you have to do all that. You got a bulk order. It's kind of risky. You have to know that it's going to sell. I mean, Amazon's a huge platform where you can make good money, but you have to have great products. And mm-hmm. there's a lot that goes into it. So that's what really sold me on drop shipping. And I knew that that was like, the outlet for me because e-commerce seemed super amazing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, okay. So, so day one of this store has been, or, you know, January, 2017, it was, uh, no sales on day one, a little bit of something on day two. And then, and then what happened from there? Yeah. So sorry, back to, back to the day of, of January, 2017. Uh, my first store that first month did, uh, about two grand, you know, I just spent some money on Facebook ads, was testing things. So I made a little bit of money and revenue, right? Yeah. So okay gross two grand, I probably net maybe about like $700 mm-hmm. that month, which was good because I really had to uh, pay my car. And that was like a big motivation too. I was like, I wanted enough money to pay my car. Mm-hmm. And I had made that, like my car payment was like 250 a month, you know? And so I would pay my car and I was starting to get momentum on this and I was hooked. I kept learning like everything I could. I was trying to, you know, YouTube everything. I was watching all of my mentors' videos. So I ended up scaling the, the store pretty quick. Then the next month, I think we did um, 12 grand. The month after that, we did 30,000. And then the month after that, the fourth month of my dropshipping store, I did $60,000 in sales. And so that's when I was just like, all right, like I'm a baller now. <laughs> you know, like uh, I'm, I'm starting to like prove my worth, I guess, and find my niche of what I'm good at. So what was the... The impact on your your psyche once you kind of uh, were able to see some success with with your store and the reason I asked because you said you know you knew you didn't want to go to college mm-hmm. uh, you knew that like the the surf shop was was fine but not necessarily you know your your long term ambition was it a relief was it was it exciting what was the the, the feeling of of thinking man this this might be like the, the thing I can do now I mean that that's it like it was just super exciting every day I was just so I don't know how, what the word is like just excited to get up. You know, I get up, get up at 5 a.m. every day and just start working because you just start getting that momentum eventually. And like you start seeing 
like the path unfold unfold that you're trying to go down and and so it was a really exciting time uh, during those first months of starting my dropshipping store um, and you know you really you want to learn at that time too you just want to keep growing your knowledge and and reading as much as possible and finding new marketing strategies so it was a really cool time and um yeah and so the next the next big store you did was in swimwear if i'm not mistaken is that right um actually we have i had a menswear store and that store ended up doing a hundred grand in, in three months. And it was pretty cool because my mentor, Fred Lamb, I'd met him recently that summer. And he was like, if you can do, you know, a hundred grand gross by the end of the year, I had like four months to do it. He was like, I'll fly you back out to my event next year. And like, I'll have you like speak at it and everything like that and like help out. And so that like really motivated me because I looked up to him so much and he, he held me accountable. And for some reason, I mean, I was just able to really dive in and, and make that hundred grand in that time frame. So that was, that was really my next like big successful store was in the menswear space. Okay. Yeah. And was there any grand logic or, or scheme behind menswear or is it just kind of a, it made sense because you're a dude and you wear clothes. And yeah. <laughs> it kind of made sense. And that's when I really started understanding like what my niche was in a sense. I think a lot of drop shippers, they try to go for everything that they don't really understand. And I've done that. Like I've made that mistake a lot of times trying to sell things that I just, I guess I just don't get the market. And so I think it's very important for you to understand your target market, understand mm. kind of how they think. You know, menswear stuck out to me. Like I was targeting, you know, the younger demographics. I knew that they would be interested in like these types of necklaces that we had, everything like that. And then that's also why I was able to sell really well to the younger women because obviously, you know, working at that surf shop, just understanding kind of what they want and their mentality behind buying things. And so that's, that's an important tip for everyone to kind of understand is like who your audience is and how you can speak to them. It really helps out, especially when you're like creating marketing campaigns, just because you know that like people are going to like that. You know, prioritize a, a deep understanding of, of a product versus a deep understanding of, of the, the target audience. Do you think that the target audience might be even more important than the product or are these two things kind of the, one of the same? I would say that they're both very, very important. The product, uh, it has to be a great product, you know, something really unique, something that does have a great like mass appeal or really big fan base. But you do need to understand your audience once you have that product because, you know, you have the product when it comes to the audience. Now you need to speak to them a certain way. You need to deliver your message. You need to sell to them in a certain way, right? When it comes to copywriting, your mm -hmm you know, your video ads with people talking about your products, they need to be able to understand what you're saying in a sense. So what's, what's an example of, of, a, of a product in a target group that you feel like you really understood and you were able to kind of leverage that innate understanding into, into some sales? Well, 100%, the, the 18 to 25-year-old, both men and women, just because I kind of understand that what they're really looking for, especially like with the menswear and then also um, with like the, the women's site, is they're looking for something that can make them feel good with what they wear, something that they can post on Instagram and be like, ooh, you know, look at my new necklace or my new sunglasses or my new accessory because these are all like trending products that are, are hot in like the fashion type uh, marketplace, right? That I kind of just see by looking at Instagram, seeing influencers and kind of just seeing these trends starting to develop. And then when I see them start to develop, I'm like, all right, like definitely the younger demographic is wanting to go after this, right? Like you start seeing Kim Kardashian maybe wear a certain type of sunglasses. Like right now she wears these big old square sunglasses. And, <laughs> and now you see Gucci, Versace, like all these brands start replicating it and making these, these glasses, right? But 
you could find those on, you know, standard regular ones on AliExpress uh-huh. and start selling those, right? Make a cool video ad with, you know, a model wearing them and you target people interested in Kim Kardashian and there you go. Like you're speaking to the right audience. And so that was one of the biggest things for sure. You've mentioned models a couple of times. What's, do you have an in with, with models? I know you're from California, so maybe they just fall from trees out there. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> what, what, what was the, what was your relationship with, with models and kind of getting them to help? To be honest, most of my models are my friends or my family. Like okay. for ads, I've, I've literally used my mom, I've used my dad, I've used some of my close, just like girls that I know for, for products. And uh, it's not that hard to really find anyone. I don't necessarily need big influencers for ads. It's mostly just looking for real people mm-hmm. that when you're running ads for, like people can just be, uh, what's the word? Like they can just see themselves like kind of as that person. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily, relatable. Yeah, relatable. It doesn't have to be some like, big Kim Kardashian, you're paying half a million dollars for a post for whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just people that are relatable. And so that's really what I'm looking for when, when finding um, influencers. And obviously with Instagram, it's very easy just to reach out to them and send them the product and kind of tell them what you want filmed for, for your video or mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. You said when you, when you started out, you really didn't know, um, didn't know Facebook ads, didn't mm-hmm. know social media marketing. Uh, we're basically starting from scratch on, on a lot of like the, the standard you know, e-commerce platforms. What was the, the learning process like and, and what were the, like the keys to you kind of bringing yourself up to speed on, on those platforms? Yeah. I mean, Facebook was the only platform I was really marketing on, business.facebook.com. Mm-hmm. It took me, I would say a solid like three to four months to just really understand it on an unconscious level. There's a, there's a ladder to learning things. And I forget like the, the, the tiers of everyone, but I know at the top, it's being able to do things on an unconscious level where it's like, you don't have to think about it. You're just doing it. Mm-hmm. And it took me about three to four months to do that, where you can just go inside business.facebook.com. You can go to any section. You're not even thinking. You're just like creating ads and doing everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it took me a while to really get to that place. But just doing that and sticking with it, like kind of during the hard times, especially where it's like everything's so repetitive and you're like, oh, where's this? Where does this go? What's this mean? And just sticking with it, knowing that eventually it's going to get to that place where it's super easy to do. It's very, very important, especially for everyone out there listening. It's like, just stick with it because eventually it becomes literally like tying your shoelaces, you know, mm-hmm. creating ads, whatever it is. So the next, the next big store uh, for you was, was back in swimwear. Talk about, you know, setting up that store and kind of going back to the, back to your roots, so to speak, getting, getting into of swimwear. Of course. Yeah. So swimwear... I had sold a little bit on that first site, right? Like that Fashion Nova type site I had. And it was doing really well. Like that was one of my top products was swimwear. And so when, you know, I got rid of that other store that made a hundred grand over the three months, the menswear store, I was moving on. It was about springtime. And I was like, all right, summer's coming around. I really want to start swimwear again, but we'll just stick to swimwear. Like we're not going to make a big women's accessory site or whatever. Like we'll just have a swimwear niche. And uh, I really liked swimwear also because when I was working at that surf shop, I'd see these girls come in and they were buying like these $70, $80 swimsuit, bikinis, whatever it is. And I was like, these have crazy margins. You know, it's not that much material. Like uh-huh. these companies, you know, these big companies are probably manufacturing them for like 5 to $10 each. Okay. So you knew. And so I knew like girls would spend a lot of money on, on swimwear. And, you know, I didn't want to sell somewhere that was like $80. I didn't really have a big brand name, but I could still sell it for like, you know, $30, $40 easily and, and get products for relatively cheap. And so that's what I did. And at that time, I started the, the website called Bali Babe Swim, which I no longer have. I, I sold that 
Um, but yeah, back, back then, that's when I launched the swimwear store. And it was pretty cool. I mean, right away, I kind of knew the tactics of going out there and marketing that because I'd already kind of done it in the past. And summer was coming, so it was pretty easy to do. Um, one of the biggest things that happened though, so I scaled that site up, I think in the first month, I don't know, did maybe 20 or 30 grand. And um, I was just running like basic photo ads. So at this time, I hadn't really developed like any real strategy of marketing, right? And, and this was when dropshipping, the wave started coming around. So you really had to be creative because there was so much more competition. Mm-hmm. And competition actually came in and started selling the same uh, piece of swimwear I was selling with that site. And I remember my Facebook ads one morning, you know, I was doing comfortably, comfortably about three grand a day. And uh, it just pretty much went to zero. And I started losing a bunch of money with Facebook ads. And I had found my competitor and I realized they're just running the same photo ad that I'm running. And so they're just outbidding me with Facebook bidding, whatever it is. Uh-huh. And so I really had to go to the drawing boards and I was like, all right, like what can I do to really like up my marketing? I, I understood at this time, marketing was huge. Drop shipping was changing. The way consumers, you know, bought online mm-hmm. and just perceived things and products online were, were changing. You know, just, they're getting so much smarter. And so but, what, what time are we talking about here? So this was 20... Well, at this time, this is 2018. Okay, so it's like heading into the summer of 2018. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 2018. Mm -hmm. And at this time, I just moved to LA too. So I was living in my first apartment in Hollywood. You know, I I had my rent was two grand a month that I split with a roommate. So I I had to produce, right? My back was against the wall. You weren't living at dad's anymore. No, I moved out. And like, this was a good time. I remember I, I got to move out of my dad's and it was like a very proud moment, you know, being able to move into my first place. And it was all because of e-commerce, right? Mm-hmm. And 2018, it was, a, it was an amazing year because prior I, I had had those successful stores and I'd finally had enough capital. And now I was starting you know, the swimwear site and that took off pretty quick. Uh, but like I said, the competition came in and kind of wiped me out about one month into running that store. And so right around this time, I developed a new kind of marketing tactic where I was going to go out there and just use influencers but not use influencers to post about my products, use influencers to create content for me. Mm-hmm. So I got some of my model friends and it was during Coachella that year. And we just literally gave them the swimwear and we shot this ad at Coachella by a pool. And they, they were just talking about the swimwear and like this special deal that we were doing. And right away, I mean, as soon as I launched those ads, I spent only, I think like $140 the first day just testing it. And I made like $1,100. So it was like a really, really good return on my ad spend uh, with just those video ads. And I quickly scaled that up to do 10 grand in a day. And so in hindsight, it was good that the competition came and wiped me out because it made me develop new ways of marketing, right? And the ads, the ad, you know, I've seen the ads, they're on, they're on uh, our website. I mean, we'll, we'll link to that in the yep. show notes, but they're not groundbreaking no. cinematography or, or... And that's the thing, like even now I'm still sticking with that strategy of just basic, literally having an iPhone and shooting a video, they don't have to be overproduced. And that's what a lot of people think. It's like, oh, I need to have all of this stuff. And I don't know. I don't even know how to like really video edit. I just uh-huh. use a basic app. It's called Video Shop. It's just an app that you can play around with and add your videos into. And so that's the thing. And, and especially now too, it's like good ads are just organic people talking about the products because now consumers are so smart. They just want to hear real people talking and giving like their real opinion on a product. And so that's more of my style of running ads now is almost like a testimonial type ad with those 
you know, models or influencers using your product. Mm -hmm. And those will go so much better than like any type of basic photo ad that you're, you're ever going to run. So, you know, with the, the Instagram ads taking off mm -hmm. and with you having, you know, found some products that work and some advertising strategies that work, uh, you had the money to kind of not only move out of, of dad's place, but to also start traveling. And you went to, you know, New York and Mexico and uh, Hawaii and uh, went to Europe all over the place. Tell us about running the business while also doing all the traveling. I think this is like a, this is a dream for a lot of people. So yeah. how, how did you juggle the, the, yeah, yeah. that it, lifestyle? It is amazing that you can do this because obviously being able to just work from your computer wherever you're out in the world is just a huge plus. It does get a little hectic sometimes with traveling just because there's so much to do when you're traveling. So you kind of have to still set out a time where you're like, all right, I need to like get work done and still work for about two to three hours a day. But at that time, the cool thing with like drop shipping is you can develop systems. And that's what's super amazing about this business. Everything is very like system based. What do you, what do you mean by and, that? And what I mean by that is it's Facebook ads, right? It's, it's the sales. It's making sure orders are getting processed. It's some customer support. But once you kind of see like, it's kind of like an engine of a car, right? There's different parts and pieces to it. But then you can start developing a team, which is what I did. I hired some people off Upwork. Okay. And I kind of just taught them what I knew and made them work on the pieces of the business that take too much time, which is customer support, order fulfillment. And I mean, that's really, that's really it. Because other than that, it's just making sure that you know, you're looking at new products out there that might be able to sell and running Facebook ads, which is I've never delegated to anyone else. I've always stuck with that because that's kind of my thing that mm -hmm. I've just been really good at. And so when you do that, I mean, you can hire people for pretty cheap off Upwork. You know, they're like four or five dollars. This is like a platform of freelancers, basically. Yeah, right? freelancers yeah. out there, and they'll do all of this work for you, and you kind of just teach them and give them scripts and stuff like that, and that really frees up so much time. So the cool thing was when I did that, I only had to work about two hours a day. You know, wow. I would go on, I would look at Facebook ads, I would kind of see what's working, I would tweak some things, and that was really it for the day. I mean, there's obviously a lot more that I could do if I wanted to do it, but that was pretty much the only thing I had to do. So with that time freedom, it allows you to do so much more. Um, obviously, when you're traveling, it's good because you don't have to work all day on the computer. You know, a lot of people do travel with online businesses, but they might be super tied down, so they don't really get to travel and experience that. So that's a big thing: is creating systems as you start scaling up your business and really only using your time and energy towards what's going to drive you the most revenue. Mm -hmm. Like that's one of the things every big mentor of mine has said is stop wasting time um, on things that aren't producing you revenue that are easily duplicatable by someone else, right? You got to buy your time back and you got to use your time very wisely in the day and your energy towards things that are only going to produce you more revenue. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did and it freed up all of my time and that's when I was able to yeah, travel to super nice places I've always wanted to go. I went to Tulum and Europe and New York and a lot of places and I'm still traveling. I mean, this past year, I've, I went to Bali for about four weeks, a little, little over four weeks. And I worked while I was over there. Is there anything, I mean, so in a lot of ways, that sounds like, like the dream life. I mean, you know, Bali beach in the morning, do a little bit of work and then, you know, just coast into the evening. Yeah, I mean, it's that's... definitely like a crazy selling point. Um, <laughs> For e-commerce. And like, if that motivates you, let it, you know, like uh -huh. that's, that's crazy. It's, it is awesome. Don't get me wrong. Um, were, were there any downsides though? Like that, that that's what I was, was wanting to ask me on the surface. It's like, wow, that is, that's heavy. Yeah. Like, it, were, were it, the things that there you missed? Is, there are downsides to it. It's, 
number one, it's just distracting. If you really want to grow your business, like now I'm very, very, very just wanting to grow, right? And so I'm trying to focus more on staying in one place because when you're all over the place, your mind is kind of scattered. You're kind of just doing the things that you have to do, but it's hard to use all of your energy to just focus on growing your business, right? Because you're traveling here, you're traveling here, you got to do this and that. And so you can kind of manage your business to that point, but you can't grow it. That's what I've kind of found out. And so that's the one downside with it. And don't get me wrong. I mean, it's still cool to go travel and like, you know, kind of just cruise and put your business on cruise control during that time. But if you really want to grow, I mean, you're going to have to sit down and and definitely put in work. What did your days look like? So not when you were traveling and and Mm -hmm. kind of like living the, the, the nomad life, but when you were when you were building it up, I'm just curious, like, what was the, what was the daily schedule? I mean, you talk about waking up early, then walk us through like a, a typical Thursday uh, when you were, you know, in your building phase. My, my schedule every day is definitely waking up early, about 5 a.m. And I meditate right away. It keeps me very clear headed and gets rid of my stress, which comes with e-commerce, yeah. comes with dropshipping, because there will be failure. I mean, I spent tens of thousands of dollars on Facebook that I've not made a single dollar off of. I've lost tons of money. And so it can be hard sometimes to like mentally just keep going through that. And especially if you do, like luckily, since I've always been an entrepreneur, I've kind of just known that that's what I have to do. But I can understand if you're coming from a background of working a nine to five job or something and you jump into this, it can be stressful because you've never actually spent any money online. It's like you got to spend money to make money in this game. And so you got to be okay with that. And so back to the schedule though, meditate, I go work out, I, I, I get my health right in the morning. Right. But then um, after that, it's just managing my uh, Upwork employees. And so if they're having any issues, right, they'll tell me if like things are going on with customers or like exchanges. And I'm just trying to help them and guide them so that they can, you know, obviously help our customers and, and make everything work very efficiently. After I do that, I mean, that usually takes about an hour to do sometimes a lot less. It just depends on the day. But I will then hop into Facebook or business.facebook.com, right? And I'll start managing all of my, my ads. I want to see how they performed yesterday, how they're starting to perform today. There's a lot of different scaling tactics. So you might want to try scaling throughout the day, uh, which I've done in the past where you can kind of scale up every few hours, you start putting more money towards your ads. And just managing stuff like that. After looking at Facebook and all my ads for about an hour or two, I'll kind of start strategizing new ways of marketing. Because the thing is with Facebook is your ads aren't always going to work forever. And you got to understand that, that as soon as you launch them, they are going to die eventually, Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes, you know, they might die after a month, maybe a little bit less. I've I've had ads that I've ran for a few months, luckily, that have still performed. Um, so now I'm always just looking at new ways I could run marketing campaigns. So I'm maybe reaching out to new influencers. There's an app I use called Brand Snob, where you can kind of communicate with influencers and, and give them jobs. Like you can post jobs that you want. And then they uh, also work as escrow, like Brand Snob does. So you can kind of put money in it and they do all the work and deliver you videos and stuff like that. And so it just becomes a big thinking time for me uh, where I get to strategize on my business. And that's another big thing with delegating uh, your tasks towards other people is you want to be the business owner. You don't want to work in your business. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing like a lot of mentors have told me is 
being in the business, you're not really able, you're always working operationally. So you're not able to actually think very strategically because you're always kind of putting out fires, right? right? This needs to be done. This needs to be done. You can't think how to grow. And that's one of the biggest things you need to do as a business owner is understand how to actually grow the business. So you need to have like literally thinking time for that where you can put out, you know, put two hours aside in the day where you do nothing but just think, write out and kind of strategize new marketing plans, things that are going on, things that can help you grow. Mm-hmm. So that's usually my next phase in the day after I look at all of my ads. And then after that, I mean, I usually kind of just chill, read a book, go out in the sun, enjoy the vitamins it produces. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, that's really it. Other than that, I, I'm always kind of looking at other products. Mm-hmm. You know, swimwear is not just the only thing I sell. So since I do this full time, I'm able to then really dive deep into like product research on AliExpress, looking at trends, things that could possibly sell. And a lot of, I'm always creating new stores. So that's usually what all my other time is, is put into is like developing new stores that I can start testing out. And so the, the different platforms you've mentioned uh, mm-hmm. over this conversation, your Facebook ads and, and Instagram and uh, specifically Instagram influencers, you haven't been doing this for so long, but you yeah. know, just a couple of years is plenty of time to see lots of stuff change with, oh, yeah. with, with that world. What's, what are, are one or two of the, the biggest changes you've seen when it comes to these, these advertising platforms that are really kind of at the backbone of, of the way that you, you know, market your product? Yeah, well, first off, the number one thing is it's only getting more expensive to market on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And so what that really makes you have to develop is a good lifetime value for your customers, like a good average order value. So that's something else that you really want to strategize on. In the beginning, when I first started, it was like, you could just easily get like one and done sales. It was like, all right, someone buys that 20 bucks, 20 bucks, like whatever you're selling. Now it's like, you might have to break even on your ads where you're not making any money, right? Any return on your ad spend, but know that because you have some upsells, because you have some, you know, cross sales or emails that are going out after that, that's like a a big game changer that a lot of big e-commerce people will talk about as well. Because especially with competition, the, the more, I mean, value and more money you can make from one person coming into your store and buying something, you can always outbeat your competitors because you can spend more than them to acquire that customer. So that's one of the things. Another thing is like video ads are, I would say pretty much critical at this point. Video converts way better and Facebook also will give you a way better CPM, meaning the same dollar you're going to spend on a video ad compared to a photo ad, you're going to get way more people seeing that video just because they want more people on their platform, like longer, you know, right. engaging on things. And their, their biggest competitor is YouTube. So they want videos, very, very critical for you to use video ads and actually creating ads with real people. That kind of ties into my next thing is when I first started, it was basic photo ads, not really anything too crazy. Now I'm really going out there and trying to sell, um, and I shouldn't even say sell. I should try. I should. I'm going to say teach the audience I'm trying to reach about the product with someone actually using it, talking about it, even maybe mentioning flaws about it. Like I had these uh, face masks that I made my stepmom shoot a video with. <laughs> yeah, and and she was doing a video, and and I I mean she even said something she didn't like about the product, which was completely okay with me because. On the consumers, and they're so smart nowadays, it's like they want to see something that's real. And mm-hmm. so when they see that, that someone's just, yeah, like, I don't like the mask because it takes a little bit too long to dry. But other than that, I like this and that about mm-hmm. it. And so people just can relate to that so much more. You need to make really relatable 
good content. Mm-hmm. You know, good content will get you so many more clicks to your store, better click through rates. Just all in all, you're going to have so much, so much more success with really investing time and energy and money if needed into creating really good content for your Facebook ads. Let's circle back around uh, to where we started, and that's this, uh, this topic of college. I wanted to ask you what you feel like you've gotten from the e-commerce path that you wouldn't have gotten from college. Because you know, um, theoretically, you go to college to gain experience for a future job, to acquire some skills that you can put into practice later on. So I'm curious if you feel like you missed out on anything not going to college, mm-hmm. or on the flip side of that, if you know, the, the years that you've spent doing e-commerce instead of going to college uh, yeah. has given you experiences that, that you definitely wouldn't have gotten yeah. you know, if you were in the classroom. So there's something that you said in there, which I liked, which you said, studying now to do something later on. And that's the biggest thing with school that I think is very hard is you're going to get taught things. And if you're not actually doing them and applying what you're learning, a lot of times it's just kind of going to, it's going to go over your head. You know what I mean? You're going to find that by just doing things and being in it, you know, experience, experiencing everything firsthand, you're going to learn so much more and you're going to learn everything so much quicker because you're going to get data back right away on what's working and what's not working. And you can optimize from there. It's kind of like driving a car. Like you can go take all the tests, read all the books. But until you're actually in the car driving it, that's how you know what it feels like to drive a car. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I kind of feel about college. I mean, college is cool if, if you want to go and there's so many things that you do actually need a degree for. But I think a lot of it is just fluff to kind of get you this degree that supposedly is supposed to you know, get you this job that makes you six figures a year. And right. I don't know. I just feel like it kind of sets you up to be in this rat race lifestyle. Not that everyone's in it, but I see so many people and they're very unaware that they're kind of going into that route, you know, going into debt to get all this, you know, the degree that then gets you a $50,000 job a year mm-hmm. that you got to pay off over the next, you know, forever. So, yeah, forever. <laughs> you, your college debt and then you buy a house, right? That's what everyone tells you to do. And just being aware of like that and, and what you're doing. But yeah, I, I definitely don't regret not going to college whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very, very happy that I found e-commerce and I stuck with it and I just learned every single day and did everything firsthand. Um, I mean, college. If I went to college, I could tell you right now, all I would have probably done is partied. <laughs> I, I would have drank every day uh-huh. and, and surfed and just, you know, probably gotten really bad grades and I wouldn't have done anything. And yeah. so that's why I really like that I have this outlet where I can do something that I really enjoy and it makes me want to level up every single day, you know? So I'm very, very happy with the, the route I chose. Awesome. Ryan, we can leave it there. Uh, Thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, David here. Thanks again to Ryan and thanks again to you for joining us. If you're looking for more episodes of Start Yours, you can find them wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be releasing more soon, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of those. And of course, we'd be thrilled if you took a moment to review the podcast. Also, Overthrow.com has you covered for blog posts, eBooks, and other goodies on e-commerce and starting a business. And you can find Overthrow on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also uh, shoot us a note via email at podcast at Talk to you soon.